You may be seated. Let's take our Bibles and turn to the book of Philippians once again, Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, we're going to continue to study this wonderful chapter that will help us to effectively minister one to another. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 19, we'll read and then we will pray. Philippians chapter 2, verse number 19, it reads, But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. Let's bow for prayer. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful for the reminder that you do care for us and we ask and pray as we study your precious word. Oh God, teach us how we can have the same love one towards another. In the name of Jesus Christ we ask and pray. Amen. This morning we notice some practical principles that will help us to effectively minister to one another. We noted the fact if we are to minister long term, we need to be prepared to serve others, help others, minister to others, uh, in spite of whether we are recognised for our efforts or not. And then we noted then verse 12 that ministering to one another gives us an opportunity to work out our own salvation, to give the evidence of our genuine faith in Jesus Christ and we are to manifest our faith in fear and trembling, in godly reverence towards the Lord and in trembling that is not with a flippant attitude but with a genuine attitude that simply wants to do right and simply wants to be a blessing to others. And then we were encouraged from verse number 13, were we not? It is God that worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. It's God that gives us that willingness and uh, and that power to do his will. And, And all it would simply take for many of us just to simply say, Lord, give me a willingness. Give me the power to be a blessing to somebody and let God do the rest. And he promises to answer such a request. Verse number 14 reminds us, gives us a sober warning. We are to do all things without murmurings and disputings. The honeymoon will soon wear off. If you are serious about ministering to others, it will take some effort. It will take some virtue. That woman that had the issue of blood, that touched the hem of our Lord's garment, the Lord Jesus said, "I, I sense that virtue has gone out of me. And if you are serious about ministering to others, there will be some virtue that will go out of you. And, uh, and you and I need to be careful lest we find ourselves murmuring and complaining because of the virtue that has been spent for the cause of others. And then verse number 15, the Bible teaches us that we need to be a light that uh, in ministering to others it gives us an opportunity to shine as lights in the world because the world is crooked 
and the world is perverse. And I don't think I need to convince you of that very fact. So the world is in need of hope and you and I need to live lives that are blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, so that we can be that light to those in need. Verse number 16 reminded us the fact that we need to hold forth the word of life. As we minister to others, we need to do so within the boundaries of the Word of God. There's no point trying to minister to somebody by giving them a a keg of beer because the Bible places a judgment upon those that pass on alcohol to others. That is a violation of the Word of God. So we need to make sure that as we minister to others that we do so within the boundaries of the Word of God. And uh, we need to stay within the biblical boundaries. I have not run in vain, neither laboured in vain. What's the context? Ministering to one another. It's a labour, it's hard yakka. The honeymoon will soon wear off. If you are serious about being a blessing to somebody, it will take some effort. No pain, no gain. And if you think that you're ministering and it's cost you nothing, I'd seriously reconsider whether you've really done much for the glory of God. So we need to stay within the boundaries of the Word of God. Then note in verse 17 and 18, we were reminded of the fact that as we minister to others, it gives us joy. And as we minister to others, those that we minister to, we become a source of joy for them. We receive joy in being a blessing to somebody and they receive joy in being the recipient of that blessing. Some wonderful practical principles in ministering towards others. And this leads us to verse number 19. Verses 19 to 24, the Apostle Paul mentions a young man by the name of Timothy, Timotheus. But I trust in the Lord Jesus to send Timotheus shortly unto you. The Apostle Paul here mentions one of those individuals that has been willing to team up with the great Apostle Paul in ministering to others. Timothy is a young man that was converted, no doubt at a young age he became wise unto salvation through the witness of his mother and grandmother according to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And the Apostle Paul, on his journeys, came across this young man that was well reported of. And the Apostle Paul challenged this young man concerning the ministry. Timothy's mother was a Jew, no doubt a converted Jew. But Timothy's father was a Greek. And the Apostle Paul said to this young man, if you want to join me, uh, you'll need to get circumcised, son. And uh, so Timothy gets circumcised and he joins the Apostle Paul in his ministry ventures. And he becomes a very vital part of Paul's ministry. And we see here within verses 19 to 24 some principles concerning ministering effectively as a team. This word synergy is really what we're referring to here. You and I can minister alone and have some effect. But if you and I are prepared to link up one with another, together we can 
be far more effective. The principle of synergy. And the Apostle Paul makes reference to young Timothy, a man that was willing to team up with the great Apostle Paul. Together as a team, we can do so much more for the glory of God. And from verses 12 to 18, we are given some valuable principles to bear in mind if we are serious in being like-minded, being like Christ and reaching out to others. Now the Apostle Paul makes reference to a wonderful young man by the name of Timothy and the Bible teaches us in verse number 20 that this was a man that was like-minded. Note there in verse number 20. Look at verse number 20. Some of you look a bit dazed. Okay, let's look at our Bibles. Look, verse number 20. We are in church tonight. And all of God's people said, Amen. I think, you know, if you wanted to sleep, daydream, you should have stayed at home. Okay, we're in church tonight. Look at verse number 20. The Bible teaches us that I have no man that was like-minded like this man. The Apostle Paul said of young Timothy, you are a man of like mind. We are of one mind. And therefore the Apostle Paul with young Timothy could work together and effectively minister to others. And I'd like to encourage you, if you are serious about ministering to others, I'd like to encourage you concerning the importance of you and I being prepared to link up and work together. The church is likened to a body. And as a church body, we can do so much more together than alone. And that's why God likens the church to a body. We all have a different part to play. Together, we can do so much more for the glory of God. And the Apostle Paul said of this man, Timothy, look at that verse once again, verse 20. I have no man like mine. Wow, what a commendation. In Romans chapter 16, he mentions a whole list of individuals. But of Timothy, he writes, I have no man that is like-minded. When it comes to ministering to others. What is this like-mindedness that Timothy had that harmonised with the Apostle Paul that enabled them to work together in the work of the Lord so effectively? To the point where the Apostle Paul said of Timothy, my own son in the faith. Now, it's obvious that the Apostle Paul did not lead Timothy to Christ. But he took him under his wing, he trained him, he discipled him, and he said of Timothy, I have no man that is of the same mind as Timothy. Now, what is the slight-mindedness that was evident in Timotheus, was evident in the Apostle Paul, that will help us to minister together 
as a church family. And if we are serious about reaching others, there is no room for Lone Rangers. Even the Lone Ranger had a friend in Tonto. Amen? We need to be prepared to work with others. And if the church is to be effective in ministering to others, then you and I need to jump in together and, and say, let's, let's work, let's minister together for the glory of God. And the Apostle Paul said, I have no man like-minded. The first principle I'd like for us to stress here within this passage of Scripture that will help us to effectively minister as a team, one with another in serving others, is found in verse number 19. Note at the end of verse number 19. He writes, that I also may be of good comfort when I know your state. The Apostle Paul wanted to know the people he was ministering to. The Apostle Paul found comfort in knowing their condition at this time. We must know people in order to minister to them. If you don't even know the name of an individual, I doubt you'll minister to them. Talk to me. So the Apostle Paul said, I want to know your condition. And I have no man like-minded like the Apostle Paul who likewise wants to know. So we must know people's lives in order to minister effectively. For a shepherd to minister to his sheep, he knows each one. God knows everything about us. We don't know everything about everybody. And if you and I are to effectively work together and minister to one another, then we must invest the time to know that individual. So my point is simply this. When you come to church, let me encourage you to consider getting to know some faces in the church. Because if you do not know people, I doubt you'll minister to them. Some of you have been coming for years to this church and I guarantee you, you don't even know some of the people that have been coming for years to this church. And that is to your shame. You know your little click club, but you're never going to minister to the rest of the church because you don't even know them by name. And if we are serious about ministering to others, we need to know people. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. 
And the Apostle Paul said, I have no man like-minded that wants to know how you're doing just like I want to know how you're doing. So a little bit of advice, beloved. If you and I are serious about ministering to one another as a team, we need to know one another. That means make an effort to talk to people. Oh, but Pastor, I might not have anything in common. Listen, if you are in Christ, we have the fellowship of the Spirit. Philippians 2.1 We have everything that's worth having in common is Jesus Christ. And if you and I are to effectively minister to one another, we need to know one another. How can you effectively minister to your spouse if you don't know them? How can we effectively minister to our children, to friends, church family members, unless we know them? And if we are serious about ministering to one another, then we need to be like the great Apostle Paul who said of young Timothy, I have no man like-minded, one that wants to know how you're doing just as much as I want to know how are you doing. That's where we can begin. And then we read on in verse number 20, please. Verse number 20. A further principle that will help us to effectively minister together. For I have no man like-minded, note this next little phrase, who will naturally... Let's say that next word together. Care for your state. I have no man like-minded who will naturally, genuinely sincerely care for your state. Paul had the confidence that Timothy had a genuine concern for people. Jesus Christ, as he ministered, no doubt had a general, genuine, pardon me, genuine Concern for people. I'm a pastor, I don't like people. Well, you need to get right with God. You need to get spirit filled. Maybe you just need to get saved. People equal problems, yes. But for God so loved the world that he gave his life for people. I'm one of them. And so are you. And if we are to effectively minister to one another as a team, then we need to have a genuine concern for people. The Apostle Paul demonstrated a genuine concern for the people of Philippi because he wanted to know how they were going. 
He was concerned for them. And I'd like to think if you and I are serious about wanting to minister one towards another, that we will convey that and we'll ask the question genuinely, how are you doing? How are you? Not like a parrot or a pre-recorded message. How are you? As if you press the button. You can generally tell those kinds of people what you do is say terrible and they just miss it. Or do you really want to know? They miss it. But I like to think when you introduce yourself to somebody and ask somebody now, how are you? There's a genuine concern. Aren't you thankful that Jesus Christ cares for you and I? He cares for us. He loves us. I'm so thankful the Lord Jesus loves me with an everlasting love and he's concerned for me. And if we are to effectively minister to others, then we need to demonstrate that we care. So how did the Apostle Paul demonstrate to the church of Philippi that he was concerned about them? He said, well, I'm going to try and send Timothy to you so that I can get some information on how you're going. And then note then verse number 21, another principle here concerning ministering to one another effectively. For seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Timothy was of like mind with the Apostle Paul He genuinely wanted to know how they were doing, just like the Apostle Paul wanted to know. And also we've noted that Timothy, like the Apostle Paul, demonstrated a a genuine concern for the people of Philippi because he asked the question, how are you doing? Naturally care for your state. And then in verse number 21, the Apostle Paul makes reference to Timothy as a man that has some spiritual interest. For he said, For all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. Now note this is backing up from verse number 20. I have no man like mine who will naturally care for your state. Timothy has a genuine concern for people. I commend him to you. And then the Apostle Paul makes reference to the fact in verse 21 that there are many or most people seek their own. People seeking their own interests. Paul is in prison, so he entrusts spiritual care to Timothy. No doubt he's still able to work with Timothy in being his means of blessing and encouragement to others. And beloved, if you and I are to effectively 
minister to others, then we need to be careful lest we only seek our own interests. Note verse 21 once again. For all seek their own. Think about that. For all seek their own. God's people can be guilty of seeking their own interests. Because note they're back in chapter 2, verses 2 and 3. Fulfill you my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind that each esteem other better than themselves. And this is the great Apostle Paul. God's people can be guilty of seeking their own interests. Men like Demas. Timothy could be entrusted to minister spiritually to others. The Lord Jesus was concerned about the spiritual condition of his disciples. And there in John chapter 17, he prays not only for his own, but for those that will be saved. I have no man like-minded as this man Timothy because everybody else is seeking their own. I'm afraid that you and I will not effectively minister to others if we have our own little private agenda. But we need to genuinely be concerned about others. The Apostle Paul, when he took young Timothy under his wing, had a genuine concern for people. He took a half-caste Jew. A half-caste Jew was as good as a no-Jew. But he invested in him and he discipled him and he saw potential in him. He showed a genuine concern for that young man. And no doubt the Apostle Paul knew what it was like to be accepted because there was a man by the name of Barnabas who was willing to invest in a reprobate by the name of Saul of Tarsus that he'd heard had made a commitment to Christ. Most people were questioning his sincerity, but he reached out and he selflessly invested in Saul of Tarsus who went on to become the great Apostle Paul. And beloved, if you and I are to genuinely minister to others, if we are to effectively minister to others of the church family, we need to die to self and let Christ live us the hope of glory. And we need to minister to others for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. What a sad commentary. At the end of the day, the Apostle Paul said, outside of Timothy, all seek their own. Now, do you think he's referring to unbelievers, just unbelievers? Talk to me. No, I think he's referring to believers. You expect the unsaved to seek their own. But you expect the redeemed to think about others, do you not? All seek their own. Timothy had a spiritual mindset. He was concerned about the spiritual condition of people. That's ministering to others. I'm concerned about your spiritual well-being. I think that's what I'm meant to be doing as a pastor. 
I think I'm meant to be concerned about your spiritual well-being. Not so much how much money you got in the bank or what car you drive or what suburb you live in, but my role as a shepherd is to be concerned about your spiritual condition. That's why I yell and scream at you from time to time because we need to get serious about loving God, serving God and being full on for God. Amen. And the Apostle Paul was a man that was concerned about the well-being of others and he said, I have a man that's like-minded in Timothy that is just so. He's concerned about your spiritual well-being. And then he goes on to say in verse number 22, but you know the proof of him that as a son with a father he hath served with me in the gospel. Timothy had a servant's spirit. The attitude of a servant is absolutely essential in ministering to others. Note the little phrase there, he hath served with me in the gospel. Served with me in the gospel. A servant. Back in chapter 2, verse number 7, the Lord Jesus took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Servanthood. What can I do for you? How can I help? How can I pray for you? If that's your spirit, if that's your attitude, then you'll be able to minister. But most people seek their own. We're concerned about ourselves. Oh, I might die of COVID-19. Pity me. Well, pity you. But what are you pitying about? You're going to go to heaven. Yeah. What's the problem? What about others? What about the needs of others? What about all these people that are committing suicide? Brother Wayne mentioned other two on the weekend, two year 12 students in a local high school within half an hour of here committed suicide. And you're worried about getting a virus? When people have real needs? May God help us to care for people and to see people through the eyes of the Lord Jesus in need of a saviour. Because without Christ, there is no hope. That's what people need. need a saviour. And last but not least, note then verses 23 and 24. Him therefore I hope to send presently as soon as I shall see how it will go with me. Note verse 24. But I trust in the Lord that I also myself will come shortly. <laughs> the Apostle Paul writes from a prison cell. 
And he's basically saying, look, I'm ready to come. I'm ready to, to serve. What can I do for you? I'm hoping Timothy will be there soon. He's ready to come. And, uh, and beloved, if we are to effectively minister to others as a church family, then we need to be ready to serve. What can I do, Pastor? Anybody we can minister to? Anybody have a need? Come on. Must be somebody, Pastor. You must know somebody I could be a blessing to. Ready to go. Ready to minister. See? Most of us are, are in our own little micro world. Leave me alone. Did you make an appointment? And we lose sight of what it's all about. People. May God help us to see people through the eyes of the Lord Jesus in need of a Saviour, in need of hope. Beloved, we, need, we don't need better methods as Ian Bounds would say in his books on prayer, but we need better men, better women. Men like the Apostle Paul. Men like Timothy that had an interest in people and he was prepared to know, to know where they were at. And then the same care. He demonstrated a care. And then Timothy was a man that was interested in people's spiritual well-being because all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ. And then the Apostle Paul commends Timothy for the fact that he is a servant. He's prepared to wash feet. Then last but not least, the Apostle Paul said, Timothy is ready to minister to you and I'm ready to minister to you. What can we do for you? Let us know how you're going, how we can be a blessing. We're ready to minister to you. And don't worry, it's not an inconvenience. We'll make time in our diaries. We're ready to go. We're here to minister. You don't need to make an appointment. Just call out, let us know. We're ready. We're prepared to minister. Is that your spirit? I trust it is. See, God uses people to minister to others. And that's why the Bible talks about not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. We need the encouragement. We need one another. And the Apostle Paul said, I have a man that's like-minded. His name is Timotheus. He's really interested in people. He wants to know how you're going, just like I'm interested in knowing how you're going. He has a genuine concern, just like I have a genuine concern. He's spiritually minded. He's concerned about your spiritual well-being, just like I'm concerned about your spiritual well-being. 
And you know what? Timothy's a servant. It's ready to serve. Let us know how you're going and we're ready to be a blessing to you. Some wonderful principles from Philippians 2 on how we can minister one to another. So let me encourage you once again, church family, those of you that are here literally in body and those of you that are on the live stream, let's climb out of our little hole, please. Let's consider the needs of others. And all of God's people said, Amen. And you just might find that you'll be a little bit more happier. Yeah. Instead of hiding in your little hole trying to avoid some virus that probably will not kill you. More people are committing suicide than dying of COVID-19. And let's get out there, let's minister to people and let's reflect the love of Christ. Because people need hope, they need answers and the answer is not in some vaccine, the answer is in Jesus Christ. Amen. We say amen but what are we doing about it? Tell me, what are we doing about it? Paul said, I have no man like-minded, everybody seeks their own. May God deliver us and let's minister to others. And all of God's people said, let's bow for prayer.